You are listening to the Mark Jeffries Event Podcast, Episode 4. Just because you're not physically in an office or the team aren't all together or your clients, you're not actually physically seeing your clients, doesn't mean that people aren't still trying to market and still trying to have an economy and businesses still moving forward. You can't go dark. That was Alison Masters, CEO of Silver, an independent global B2B marketing agency based in the UK with offices in London, Cheltenham and Austin, Texas. Alison's been a longtime friend and client and today shares some smart insight into the event marketing challenge as we all continue to operate online. Uh, Full transparency here, I have been appointed as an advisor to the Silver Board and I always find discussions with Alison and her amazing team to be fascinating. So more from Alison shortly, but first, there is an ongoing discussion between me and my clients about live versus pre-recorded in the virtual event space. And I get it because there's nothing more exciting, right, than when you are absolutely live and you can see response coming in while you're talking, you're sharing your ideas, you've got your slide deck, everything's set and ready. And my goodness, the problem is it's really dangerous. Okay. And I know you know this is my position. If you're going to go live, There are so many risks with that. Number one, the basic, you lose Wi-Fi or the signal starts to degrade and you get all choppy and the audio goes, it's a nightmare, you're going to lose people. And then the unexpected can happen as well. So uh, no names, but recording a recent virtual event where the CMO wanted to go live, uh, the CMO was convinced to do it pre-recorded, and during the CMO's actual keynote address from this person's home, All the fire alarms in this person's house go off, right? Massive smoke alarms, huge noise. They eventually get turned off. The keynote restarts because now we're recording, so it's okay. And then the fire truck arrives, blaring its horn, flashing its lights. It was was hilarious because it wasn't live. So sobering story to try and convince even more of you out there that going live might be tempting, but there's danger By the way, a big thank you to Mark De Bruin and Amanda Young, who reached out to me sharing ideas for upcoming podcasts. I appreciate those ideas. I'm on it, I promise. And if you'd like to be featured or you'd care to suggest a guest, you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram. I post pictures of my radishes there and occasionally my dog. Twitter and, of course, Oldie World email, mark at markjeffries.com. Of course, I'd love to hear from you. And now let's talk event and other marketing and catch up with Silver Agency's CEO, Alison Masters. Alison, welcome. Hi, how are you, Mark? I am very good. It's so nice to hear your voice. Now, where are you in the world? So I am in the UK um, and I am in a little place called Upper Basildon in West Berkshire. Totally different to Lower Basildon. Yeah, there is a lower, but this is... (laughs) Oh, there is? (laughs) I was just being cheeky. No, I know. Um, And the weather is beautiful. So that's great. And thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. You know, I was thinking about our connection, our relationship, and it's probably, I'm going to call this kind of ground zero. It's unique because the first ever corporate event I did was was for you. And it was mm. via our friend, Nick Barley. So for those people listening, I, I used to do a TV show and Nick Barley was a guest on my show. And I, he came from a company called Oracle. And back in those days, I hadn't heard of Oracle. And we did the interview 
And at the end, it was the commercial break, and he, he gives me his business card. He goes, Mark, he goes, do you fancy doing this on a on a stage in front of a live audience? Because we've got a corporate event coming up, and I'd be, I'd be really interested in having you along. And I said, well, that sounds, that sounds cool. I've never done that before. And he puts me in touch with you, and that's where it began. I know. And the rest is history, as they say. And a shout out to Nick, I think. <laughs> yes, I think Nick Barley gets a shout out. But so you and I put on a ton of events. And now, uh, where do we find you? Tell me a bit about you and your business. Yeah, so you and I have known each other for a long time. And we worked together at companies like Oracle. And then when I went to Microsoft, um, and now we work together um, as your uh, advisor for Silver, Silver Agency. So I am the CEO of Silver. We're a B2B marketing agency. Um, we have offices in the UK and in Austin in Texas. Um, and we work mainly in the technology sector. Indeed, and you've been amazingly busy even during this whole pandemic and shutdown. Uh, and we'll get into the details of it. But but when we chatted last week, you told me you've actually been you've been bringing a few people on, and the stories everywhere are everyone being let go or furloughed. And at Silver, it's almost the opposite, at least for the moment. Yeah, I mean, we've been really, really fortunate. Um, we've been working really with a lot of our clients um, have been very, very busy during this time, which has been great. Um, you're right, we um, ha- are bringing on, um, we're looking for some new people to join us, in particularly in the strategy, ro- in the strategy role. Um, and for us, it's been, I think, in some parts of the technology sector, there's been this requirement to, with everybody shifting from working in offices, to get people ready to be working more remotely than than they have been. So um, for us, yes, we have been very busy supporting our clients through this period. And yeah, we're really grateful for it. We've got um, a great bunch of clients that we work with. And um, you have incredible access to some uh, some pretty fascinating clients. What have you observed in, in terms of how the clients are changing, what they're asking of you, what their expectations are? What are the big changes that you've noted in the last couple of months? Well, I guess, you know, relevant for, for this subject is um, events. You know, a lot of clients have seen that with events, physical events being cancelled. Um, there's been a massive sort of rush to sort of think, what can we do? How can we still get our messages out there? And a number of clients that we work with, they had some uh, major events coming up and really quickly they've changed those to be virtual events. Um, and we've worked with them on the demand generation around that, explainer videos, storytelling, but through digital. So taking it in, instead of being in person, doing that digitally and producing a lot of animation and videos and launches. It, it's been incredible and really incredible as well how quickly a lot of organisations have moved and we've been supporting them through that journey. So do they often come to you 
with the creative idea? Or will they say, we have to communicate with our audience. These were people who were coming to a live event. Now they're not going to be there. They're going to be on a screen instead. How, how much information do they give to you to enable you to then create something creative? And part two of the question, what have you found is actually working? You know, what grabs the eyeballs? So it, it can vary, but majority of the of our clients will come to us and say, right, we have an objective to get these messages out to this audience. How do you suggest we do that through an integrated marketing campaign? And that can be from producing the creative idea, the concepts, the execution of the whole campaign. Or it could be, here's some creative assets that we need to work with within our brand guidelines how how can we get that message out to market so it, it could be it could be dependent on the client it could be one or the other or you know and there are cases where we work with clients on their whole brand story from you know from conception right the way through so um what we've seen is that with some clients um we've been working with them on how to make their story come alive in the absence of having events or just looking at how they can make that story come alive in a much more engaging way and make that um, story last longer. So for us, storytelling through video, video animation has been a big one. And we've recently worked with um, Dell actually on um, a launch of theirs for Power Store, and we've um, done a video for them to go out to their partners, partner community. Um, and I would say also from a digital marketing perspective, working with a number of clients on getting those messages out through sort of media channels and social channels like LinkedIn. So, you know, it's interesting because I think we've all been the recipients of a lot of this messaging. And I don't know if you saw, there was a funny video going around LinkedIn. I really should have the name of the person that created it. It was beautifully edited and it was it instantly demonstrated how every single organization in different countries are all using the same verbiage. They're all going, in these difficult times, mm. we must gather together. Mm. We are people, we are fa- mm. Everyone's saying the same yeah. thing. Every email I'm receiving says, you know, mm. we're here for you. How do you advise your clients uh, to do something that's a bit different? Because I'm guessing in the same way we're all getting a bit zoomed out, we're probably getting a bit messaged out as well. And, and your messaging always looks so vibrant. So what advice do you share with clients in terms of being different and stepping out of that area of comfort? Uh, it's a really interesting question because at the moment, of course, you've got to be really mindful of the backdrop of what's going on in the world. However, um, it, we it's still we're still trying to get a particular message through to an audience. And I think you're right. There has been a lot of messages going out around these difficult times. And sure, they are difficult times. Um, but I think the thing is, is that at the end of the day, clients still need to get their message to market. And as long as you're remember the, you know, you're conscious of the backdrop of what's going on. So you don't do anything that's going to be disrespectful and you're mindful of that and that you remain, you know, kind to what's going on. We right. just tried to, we've just tried to remain positive and just trying to, you know, 
get through this, I guess, in the best way that everybody possibly can. Um, and just continue to tell the stories for for our clients because right. in a lot in a lot of cases if people want to buy from the clients because of the backdrop of what's going on really not a lot has changed it's like the entire world was put on pause and when i mm. think about the event space when i think about the events that are being rolled out virtually now as opposed to in person uh, you're right. It's the same messaging going out there. The one uncertainty that everyone has is, okay, but what is it going to look like when we all get back to normal? And I guess it's hard to create messaging around that. But what I'm hearing from you is that whatever messaging you choose to apply, especially to an upcoming event, it's far better than not doing anything. Because you always notice those organizations or those people that go dark, that that are missing, that haven't shown up. It's like when you have a big party, there's so many people there, but you're always aware of who hasn't come, right? Yeah, Isn't that I'm, important that you don't go quiet? Yeah, I mean, definitely, yeah, don't don't go quiet and just continue to to do what, what you've been doing. You know, just because you're not physically in an office or um, the team aren't all together or your clients, you're not actually physically seeing your clients, doesn't mean that people aren't still trying to market and still trying to have an economy and businesses still moving forward. You know, um, you can't go dark and you can't stop doing what you what you do you just need to be mindful of the backdrop of course um of of what's going on um and just continue to tell those stories i mean we've had some clients if i look at their business has sort of had to pivot slightly because of what's what's happened um so we've got one client of ours a um they're a food wholesale business in the UK called Bib Food and normally they sell to the wholesale market um, and they will sell to restaurants and they will sell to shops um, and because it's all gone away right well yeah um, and because of the high demand for food I mean I know that you and I've discussed in the past you had the similar thing going on in the US as we had in the UK trying to get things like toilet rolls right so um you know I think that they decided right what are we going to do we can see that the nation needs to be fed um let's open up and bring consumers into our client base and we built their website for them and we do some digital activity for them and we also maintain their website so we work with them on opening up their website to be able to take consumers as well as businesses and that saw a massive surge in in their in their client base and us supporting that at, at, at the end of that um and you know ultimately helping them feed the nation really right so right. there have you, you know clients there have been clients who've had to do things differently and that's such um such a show of agility to do things that quickly, to turn it around, to shift the entire nature of your business, but then importantly to bring people like you in to get the message out there. It's all very well to have the best idea in the world, but you've got to tell people about it. So on that point, I wanted to know what you found 
over time to be more effective. So let's say we are thinking about putting on a new event. We want to market the event. It's obviously going to be online or maybe it's going to be hybrid. Which is the most effective type of marketing to an online audience? Is it animation? You mentioned animation. Is it uh, video based? Is it more kind of white papers and blogs? Is it interviews? What, what do you think really captures the imagination in terms of just getting the word out there even if you're not telling the story in full, having people take notice of you and the fact that you have an event coming up? Well, I, I don't think it's any one thing. I think it's an often an integration of things. Um, but what I do know is it's the message and the content. If you haven't, if you haven't got compelling content and that content is well delivered, you won't attract an audience to attend. All right, let me stop you. Well, first of all, how yeah. do we know? Okay, it's a tough question. How do we know yeah. if our content is, <laughs> is compelling? I mean, can I look well, at my content? I might think, oh, this is really cool. Um, you've got to think of your audience and you've got to think, right, okay, those messages that I'm putting out there, are they going to attract me? So if you were to go to a restaurant and you look at the menu and the menu just doesn't look great, you're not going to go in that restaurant, right? So right. if, if you see an online event, a, totally like a physical event, and in a lot of cases, people pay a lot of money to go to these events. If you don't see that the menu is going to be compelling, what are you going to see? What are you going to hear? What are the messages that are going to come across? What's the story that this brand's trying to set, tell me? You're not going to go. So I think... However you distribute those messages, whether it be through animation, whether it be through LinkedIn, whether it be through um, digital, you've got to make sure that your story and that your content is leading that. And then things that we're finding um, sort of hooking you know, people in and sort of getting their interest. Yes, video is a good way to attract people. Um, also, you know, sort of leading that story with them. So podcast series have worked really, really well for a lot of our clients. And then that has been a sort of story journey, releasing part of what they're going to hear, part of the content. And then they might hear that at the event or just using that as a vehicle um, as well alongside an event. So if you're talking about integrated marketing, you're saying just throw a lot of this stuff out there and people will find what appeals to them. I mean, obviously, we're on a podcast now. I do love the podcast format. Mm. Uh, but if you can, what you're saying is you can use the, the format of a podcast to market a specific event. Maybe it's a short-lived podcast. And maybe if people haven't got the time to sit and watch video, they could take the podcast with them. Yeah, I mean, totally, you know, you could do things like, I mean, if they've got um, somebody um, like yourself, who's hosting that event for them, as an example, you could do like little snippets of some of the key speakers to say, right, okay, what are the top three things that you are going to share with people at this event? Got it. And, and put those out. And they're quite sort of like compelling um you could also do that through it doesn't ha necessarily have to be through a podcast you could do that through linkedin you could do that through um sending emails but i think i think the thing is is about you know really trying to get people engaged before they even get to the event to make sure that they come along as well 
And, and isn't it also important to, to consider your audience member um, from their own perspective? So in yeah. other words, your marketing should almost answer the question, what's in it for them? In other words, if I'm reading this messaging, it's got to truly resonate with me. I've got to look at that and think, that is exactly what I need right now. So I guess it's quite challenging, isn't it, to, to try and understand the persona that you're marketing towards. You know your audience is probably quite diverse, but you've got to pick a message. You've got to pick an idea that will resonate with, I, I imagine, the majority of them. Yeah, I mean, we, we go through a lot of um, research uh, with our clients looking at the persona of who they're trying to communicate to and make sure that that um, messaging is pitched appropriately because you're right if if something's not relevant for you then you're not going to attend so you've got to know who you want to speak to you've got to know who you want to engage with and a lot of work is making sure that you've got your communicating with the right people to engage them to come along to that event in the first place so it's you know, relevant media, relevant messages, relevant audience. You mentioned LinkedIn a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm always scrolling up and down. And, you know, when I mm. post something, if I post mm. a video, it tends to get really good traction. And, you know, and I, I'm sitting there thinking, well, how many likes am I going to get? Because everyone else can see the likes. <laughs> if, it's, if there's less than 50, I'm, I'm going to be really, really ashamed. Um, h- how effective is it as a form of marketing? Because I'm seeing more and more marketing messages on LinkedIn. And what would you what would your advice be on the best way to handle that particular channel? So, I mean, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because at the moment, it's also like in a lot of cases now become another ma- major channel for people to get their messaging out to. Um, and there's ways that you can profile your client base through LinkedIn to make sure that you're targeting your messaging to to the right audiences. Um, so it, it is a really good vehicle. Um, I wouldn't say it's the only vehicle, but I think at the moment um, it's become definitely in the B2B space a really good way to sort of communicate but I would say again you need to work through that and look at how you can do targeted campaigns on LinkedIn. So when we look ahead I mean obviously we're now at a point where there's some reopening in some countries what's the latest in the UK by Mm -hmm. the way give us a UK update. So apparently hugely exciting um this afternoon um and what is yeah so we're on the what is it 28th May yeah we're recording this on the 28th 28th May (laughs) um next week um apparently we are allowed to going to be allowed to meet with one other household um I know what happens Um, if there's 20 people living in that household well, I did. I did think about that. I don't know. <laughs> I guess you're lucky. You've got more people to talk to. Um, so yeah, if one twenty household met another twenty household, what would happen? That's like yeah, a big that's a party. Huge party. I don't know. That's a huge party. Um, so it's got to be outdoor and um, or in a garden. Still, we're having the the social distancing thing. Some of the shops um, are opening, and some of the schools are going back next week as well. Oh my goodness! 
I've no, that, I've, that, mm-hmm. I'm not aware of that happening here yet. And I certainly know that my little Skylar is still being homeschooled and she's fed up of it. <laughs> uh, and are you enjoying actually, that? Actually, no, we are. It's, it's so nice just having her around. But I said to her the other day, I said, are you looking forward to actually going back to school? Because theoretically, that will happen in, in September. And she goes, I can't wait. Well, she goes, I can't wait. But, you Aww. know, so, yeah, it's um, it's been, Aww. look, it's been an adventure and juggling all of it together is is quite the challenge. Uh, but I, I think I'm speaking on behalf of the whole family, looking forward to it getting back to normal. And will you be looking to bring everyone back into the office as soon as you can or will you do like a phased approach? Um, yeah, that's, that's another good question. So, first of all, um, I want to make sure that it's a safe environment to bring everybody back into. Um, I don't want to rush because at the moment everything's working really well. The team are working really well working from home. Um, So we're just going to look and sort of take it on a month-by-month basis to see what's the best thing for us to do as a business. London we we've obviously got to think about the London office and also um Austin but you know most of our clients work remotely all the time um so for them we won't really see much difference in the way we work with them so I think we'll just look at it on a phased approach but review it on a monthly basis all right very nice so last question for people listening and they wanted mm-hmm. to get in touch with silver what's the best way to reach you or your colleagues uh, maybe you want to reference the website so if they want to find out more about silver they can go to our website which is simply silver.agency or if you'd like to contact me directly my email address is Alison at silver.agency. Very nice. Um, I have to say, every time I listen to you, you've always got so many incredible ideas and there's so much inspiration coming from your team as well, an amazing team. So thank you very much for spending time with us on the Mark Jeffries Event Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I've absolutely loved it. Been great catching up with you, Mark. And another big thank you to Alison Masters uh, for sharing her insight into the marketing challenge. By the way, I'm working on a celebrity special. That's right. What celebrities are available in the virtual world? How much or how little are they charging? Or maybe just we'll switch that around. How much are they discounting? What can we get them for now? And how should we handle music and entertainment online? These are questions I will be asking a variety of experts in the celebrity special coming up soon. So make sure you subscribe and stay connected to the Mark Jeffries event podcast. Take care, stay well, and I'll see you soon. Ooh.